so you got three classes going on. Well, this will be the last time for Hebrew Club this summer until the fall. So I figure we got to stop sometime, right? <laughs> All right. Good to see you guys. I'm back from vacation in Minnesota and uh, had a good time. Caught some good bass. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. Now i got to get back to the grind. <laughs> um, we're in 2 Samuel and chapter 3, right? And uh, Tom got, us, got you guys through chapter 3, verse 5, I believe, is what he told me. Um, in which, uh, in that little section, uh, the, the name of David's wives and their uh, offspring, at least the first of their offspring, were mentioned. And it's kind of interesting because a number of these play into the narrative in quite a significant way that comes later, all the way through the rest of the book, as you guys know. So he, the author introduces those names here, and then picks up the story of David where it's at. And uh, you know, you can almost bet that these names are going to come back. Uh, it's kind of a regular pattern you see in the biblical narrative, and sure enough, they do. All right. And so uh, later in the year, fall and winter quarter, we'll be running across these guys again. So we pick it up actually at verse six of chapter three. All right. Vayahi biyot hamilchama bein beit Shaul u vein beit David. Now uh, it came to pass, okay, when there was beth biheyot uh, infinitive construct. Notice a temporal. This is a very common syntax for a temporal phrase, as you guys all know. Vayahi plus beit plus infinitive construct. All right. And so we're waiting for where the main sentence is. Here's the subordinate sentence. Um, so when the war was, see, or when there was war, when there was war between the house of Saul and between the house of David, there's the Atnach, so that Masoretes are telling you the next phrase is the main clause, Abner. Notice how the, the vav here, as happens so often in biblical prose, functions almost as a place marker. We don't even translate it. So, when there was war between the house of Saul and between the house of David, Abner hayamit chazek Shaul. Abner hayamit chazek. Notice that you have the, the perfect haya plus a participle, hit pa'el participle, from chazak. Very common verb. Remember the call form? Anyone remember what it means? Chazak? Chazak? Close. It means to be strong. Chazak, to be strong. And in the PL and Hifiel form, it means to strengthen. All right? Here it's the, the notice it's the hit pa'el form. And this is used in a number of times to uh, uh, strengthen yourself. So, for example, when. Um, Jacob was on his deathbed and he heard that Joseph was going to visit him. He strengthened himself to sit up. So notice what it says here. When there was war, Abner haya, perfect verb plus participle, we usually translate it as continuous action, um, was strengthening himself. Or you could almost say was becoming stronger, but was strengthening himself uh, in the house of Saul. So I don't know, one way to picture it would be he was kind of moving up in the ranks, but his influence was growing. Remember, he was the head of the army. Military commander has a lot of power. All right? So um, that plays into what happens next. All right? Um, any questions on verse 6? The, the second word, that's also just a, you said it's like a construct? Yes. That's also high up, right? 
That's also Haya. So you have Vayahi from Haya and Bih Yot. And notice the, the third hay, the infinitive construct or ice form of that oat. Okay. Okay, verse uh, 7. Ula Sha'ul Pilegesh. Ushma Ritz Pabat Ahya. Vayomer El Abner Madua. Batel Pilegesh Avi. Okay, now to Saul there was a Pilegesh. There was a concubine. Okay, Saul had a concubine. And her name, Shema, was Ritzpah. All right, Ritzpah. Uh, the daughter of Ayah. All right. And he said, now here you have to supply the subject. And the subject is um, Ishbosheth, all right, the king. Um, let's see here. I think uh, 8C. See, notice 8C, a number of manuscripts add the subject. Ishbosheth, right at the bottom of the page there. Also Aquila, Symmachus Theodosian, and the Vulgate. So the, the Greek versions and the Vulgate um, add Ishbosheth. Right? So, and, and most translations will add it uh, because there's a change in subject. And Ishbosheth said to Avner, Why did you go into? So this is from Bo, all right? Second masculine singular perfect. The hey at the end is just a way of spelling that, that two ms. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. We've seen it a lot before. So why did you enter to the concubine of my father? So obviously Abner went into Ishbosheth's harem and had sexual relations with the concubine. Now you know that there's huge political consequences for that in this culture. All right, um, you take over someone's concubines you are taking over their power, you serving, you're making a statement, see. Um, so Ishbosheth asked Abner about this. Alright. Um, any questions on verse eight? Um, or seven, I'm sorry. Where where do we get Ishbosheth? Okay. What what you're do, what we're really doing, that's a good question actually, is following along in the story. Um, remember when you pick it up uh, from chapter two um, David was in control of Judah, but Saul still had Israel, the northern part of, the, of Canaan. And Saul's son Ishbosheth was the king, and Abner was his chief commander. All right? And so um, notice that when they're, it, it only becomes, you have to kind of reread it, because when you first come to Vayomer, you're asking, well, who's the subject? Who said? And the El Avner will clue you in that it's talking to Abner. And when you get to the end of the sentence, my father, that tells you, oh, Ishbosheth might be talking. That's why it's supplied there. Okay? And Hebrew does that. Sometimes they'll leave off the subject under the assumption that it's kind of clear who's talking to whom. Okay? Okay, now notice uh, Abner didn't exactly quail in fear at the king. That tells you something about Ishbosheth. Okay? Vayichar... Le'avner me'od al divrei ishbosheth. There you have him explicitly mentioned. Vayichar uh, is from the root chara. Okay, call vav consecutive imperfect to become hot or to become angry. So more very woodenly, it became hot to Abner. Or Abner became angry, and then you have the adverb gives it a little oomph. Me'od. Abner became very angry. Or we would say he got really hot. All right. Over Divrei Ishbosheth, over the words of Ishbosheth. 
Vayomer, and he said, Harosh Asher Lihuda. Notice the hey is a hey interrogative. And this Rosh is head and Kelev is dog. The head of a dog am I. See? So am I a dog's head who is to Judah, who belongs to Judah? Okay, so am I a dog's head that belongs to So notice how he's insulting Judah um, and, uh, you know, uh, well, really going to insult the king here in a second. Okay, am I, so am I a dog's head who belongs to Judah? Hayom e'esechesed im beit Shaul avika. Today, I am showing chesed. I am, no, no, notice that that's a calling perfect from Asa. So I am doing grace, very woodenly, but we would say, um, today, namely at the present time, I'm showing favor. Okay? Im, with the house of Saul, your father. Okay? And I'm showing favor, El Achav, to his Achav, to his brothers, and to Ehu and to his companions. Notice that this is just a noun. Um, Rea is the more common form. Here, this has a mem prefix to it, Mere. So, Merea would be the noun with third masculine singular suffix. All right. Um, so, I'm showing favor to you, to your brothers, to your companions. Velo himzitika. Notice himzitika. That's from the root mem, um, zadi, aleph, matzah, to find. Here the aleph has dropped out and in a number of forms of third aleph verbs that happens and they look like third hey verbs. That's what you see here. This is a hifil form. Um, Notice that matzah means to find in the call. So you would say to cause to find. But here notice the context. And I have not handed you over into the hand of David. So it's kind of a strange meaning, very unusual meaning for matzah. So so, um, I've shown favor with the house of Saul, your father, with your brother, with your companion, and I have not handed you into the the hand of David. Okay. Okay. But you, now um, here is a good example of how pakad can mean almost anything. Remember, you learned it as to visit, can also mean to punish. Here it seems to mean something. But you have um, reproached me, a lie, all right, done reproach to me, um, or um, accused me of iniquity, accused me of iniquity for Haisha, the woman today. Okay? So some translations, you have reproached me um, about this woman today. See? Um, very woodenly, you have visited iniquity upon me for the woman today. So see what he's saying? He's saying you've accused me of some bad behavior here. All right. Um, questions through verse 8. What was Avon? Um, Avon, oh, that means iniquity, and it's in construct form. Avon, yeah, so you get that Avon Ha'isha. So the, you've, you have visited upon me the iniquity of the woman today. So you've reproached me for the iniquity against the woman today, or with the woman today probably is better. Okay. 
Now notice this next thing, what you're getting here. Uh, this formula in verse 9 occurs something like 12 times in Samuel and Kings. It's, a, it's an oath formula. This is a classical form for it. Okay? Um, and notice what he says. Ko Elohim lavner veko yosif lo ki kasher nishba Yahweh la David ki kain lo. Thus may God do, Yaseh. Thus may God do to Abner. And thus may he add to him. This is again the hifil from Yasaf to, to uh, add to, to do again. And most people think that when they're making an oath like this, the thus may he do to me, that he's doing some kind of gesture. Like some suggest, ah, he's putting his hand across his neck or something like that. Okay? So notice he's swearing this oath. Thus may God do to Abner, and thus may he add to him. Stop. Notice the knock. Now, ki kasher. Um, surely, as Yahweh swore to David, surely thus I will do for him. All right. Now, notice that this, since this is an oath formula, sometimes this uh, apodosis has an im lo, sometimes it has a key. Okay, so um, I said surely, but may God do this to me if, um, if, if as Yahweh swore to David, see, if I do not do as Yahweh swore to David. That's how it comes down to. So you could translate this key, if not as Yahweh swore to David, if not, thus I will do to him. So in other words, the clause goes, may Yahweh do this to Abner and may he add to it if I do not do to David as Yahweh swore to him. In other words, he's swearing his allegiance to David. He knows the covenant that God made with David. All right. But I mean, you can kind of figure it out if you just make that key an asseverative key. It, it's emphasizing. And the key used in oaths. May Yahweh, may God do to Abner and may he add to him. Surely, as Yahweh swore to David, surely thus I will do to him or do for him. And that's all Abner speaking. And that's Abner speaking in the third person. That's what's kind of unusual about it. Um, Is that the way that you could... Um, the other times, um, I think that that varies. It's not necessarily third person. Yeah. All right. Good. Any other questions through verse nine? <clears throat> All right. You'll, we'll run across this some more in the books, and we already, and especially as we move through Kings. Okay. Um, verse ten. Lehaavir hamamlaka mibet Shaul, ulehakim et kisei David al Yisrael ve'al Yehuda medan ve'ad be'er Shava. Okay. Um, now he specifies what he's going to do. See, so may Yahweh do this to Abner. Uh, if, as Yahweh swore to David, thus uh, I do not do to him. That is, so the Lama explains, that is to um, cause the kingdom to cross over. Hamamlaka is the subject of this hifil infinitive absolute from Avar to pass over. So the hifil to cause to pass over. Okay. So And the Lama explains, so it's an explanatory. That is to cause the kingdom to pass from the house of Saul and to Lehakim, here's another Hiphil infinitive construct, 
from Cum, and to raise up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan even to Beersheba, namely from north to south. See, so, so um, Abner says he's going to work for the united kingdom, the unity of the kingdom, Israel and Judah together. All right? Very interesting. All right? Um, any questions? So now what's Ishbosheth going to say? Now, if you were king, you'd probably just kill Abner right there. Well, no, you're not going to help because you're dead. But notice he didn't fear him because he probably had the whole army of the northern kingdom on his side. He's a very powerful man. All right. So verse 11, Velo yakol od lehashiv et avner davar yir ato oto. This tells more about Ishbosheth and it kind of damns him. But not was he able. Yakol, just a simple call, imperfect, or perfect third masculine singular. He, and he was not able yet to return a davar, a word to Abner. Lahashiv is an infinitive construct from Shu. So let me read that again. Um, and again, the subject is Ishbosheth. And he, namely Ishbosheth, was not able, Yakol still owed, to Hashiv to answer, see, to return a word um, to Abner, to answer Abner. Why? Mihirato. Um, from his fearing him. This yirato is a um, call infinitive construct from Yahweh, to be afraid of. And the subject, notice it's a subjective genitive, his fearing. And the min is causal, because uh, he feared him. All right? So notice Ishbosheth was not able again to answer Abner because he feared him, or because he was afraid of him. All right. Uh, so that tells you about Ishbosheth, what's going to happen to him. If you've got a king that's afraid, you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> any questions through verse 11? Now, is Ishbosheth actually the one reigning right now, or is it still Saul? Saul's dead. So oh, Ishbosheth oh. had taken his place, and Ishbosheth, yeah, and so you had this situation in which, you know, remember both Saul and Jonathan were killed. So Ishbosheth was remaining, and uh, immediately after his death, then um, Abner supported him. And so he had the support of men, and he had support of the northern troops, uh, while David was in Judah, and the Judahites supported him. Right? And had, he had been anointed uh, already a couple times by Samuel and by Joab. Okay, so and remember what's going on in the background here. Abner is the chief of the army of the north. Joab is the commander of the south. Um, David's nephew, very powerful man in his own right. Remember what Abner had done in the war in the previous chapter. There were three brothers, Joab and Azael, and I can't remember the other guy. And Azael was the youngest and kept pursuing Abner. Abner told him to turn away, turn away, um, take uh, the mantle of someone else, and he wouldn't do it. So he drove his spear behind him and killed him, killed Joab's brother. Okay, So now... Joab's lying in wait for him, as we will see in this chapter. All right. So both Abner and Joab are very powerful within the kingdom. Um, so verse 12. Vayishlak Avner Malakim el David tachtav lemor lemiaretz lemor kartaberita kaiti vehine yadi emak lehasev eleke et kol Yisrael. Then Abner sent Malakim, sent messengers to David Tachtav um, uh, in his place or in his stead. This is from Tachat, 
third masculine suffix. Now notice the weird thing. Just look at the pointing. Don't let that throw you. The text makes it look like there's a third masculine singular suffix and that it's to a singular noun, just the O. So the text, if you just look at the consonants, tachto. Masoretes wants you to read it as if it's a yud there, tachtav. So as if it's a final tet, yud, vav. In other words, as if it's the suffix to a plural noun. Everybody see? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Notice in the uh, margin at the right hand, see that little coffin above the cough, tacht, tav, see? The reason they do that, I checked this out, tachtav with the third masculine singular, virtually every other time in the Bible is a plural the, with the yud. There's two times that it doesn't. This is one of them and another time in 2 Samuel. So it's, the yud has probably dropped out. The Masoretes wants you to read tachtav, not tachyo. This is a karekativ reading. Okay? And it doesn't change the meaning. So uh, Abner sent messengers to David in his place, saying, to whose is the land? Um, adding, Lamor, Karta. This is an imperative call, um, masculine singular, all right, from Karat. Now, what's unusual about it? Doesn't look like it, does it? Um, remember that the normal imperative would be Kerot, like Ketol. Here you have the comet's hay at the end, just like you would have on a, uh, on a cohortative. And remember, again, on a lot of imperatives, you have that hay. Um, and so you, you, it changes the pointing. So this is really just means right. See, right beriteka, a covenant with me. I'm sorry, it means to cut. Cut a covenant with me or make a covenant. Uh, make your covenant with me. Vehine. And look. Yadi, my hand will be imak with you, lehasev, uh, to turn. This is from suv, I mean from savav, to turn, hifiel, infinitive construct. To turn et kol Yisrael, to turn Israel, eleka, to you. All right? So again, cut your covenant with me, or make a covenant with me, and behold, my hand will be with you to turn all Israel to you. Okay. Question? All right, good. Uh, let's do one more verse. Verse 13. Vayomer tov. And he said, good. Sounds good to me. And again, notice it doesn't say that it's David, but we're assuming David is the speaker. Okay. Ani um, ekrot. Notice you have the pronoun plus the verb here. So kind of I myself will make with you a barit. So uh, the pronoun probably gives it a little more oomph, see? Ani ekrot itika berit. So I myself, or I certainly will make with you a covenant. Ak, but davar echad. But one thing I shoel, I ask. This is a participle call. One thing I ask, me itika, from with you. We would, again, pile up prepositions. Hebrew loves it. We don't. One thing I ask from you, lemor, namely, Lo tira et panai. Not will you see from Ra'a, call. You will not see my face. Ki'im lifne heviak. Okay. Not will you see my face except before or until, and, and in English we almost have to say until or unless. Ki'im lifne. 
um, you bring, this is a call, <coughs> Hifiel infinitive construct from Bo, until you bring Michael, the daughter of Saul. Okay, so not will you see my face, ki im lifne hevyeka, except, see, or until you bring Michal, the daughter of Saul, be boaka, in your coming to see my face. So don't come unless you bring Michal. And if you will remember, um, um, David had married Michal in First Samuel. This goes way back to First Samuel 18, and uh, he killed a hundred Philistines and delivered the foreskins of the Philistines to Saul as the uh, bride price. Saul gave her to um, David and then later took her away. Okay, so he wants her back. All right. Good. This is a good place to stop. Um, any questions through 13? All right. And now notice then there's a, you know, there's going to be this transition till the United Kingdom in the next couple chapters of 2 Samuel that we're going to be looking at. So in the fall, we will start with verse 14 in that paragraph there. Good place to start. All right? You guys have a good break, and thanks for coming. I'm glad someone was here. <laughs> when are you guys going to take off? Next Friday as soon as my class is closed. Oh, okay. <laughs>